Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. On January 3rd, the Republicans will regain control of the House of Representatives, and they say they will immediately investigate many key issues from the border, Hunter Biden, COVID origins, security failures on January 6th, social media suppression, and so much more. So what should be top of their agenda, and can they be effective in these important investigations? Well, joining us now to discuss all of this is former Congressman Pete Huckstra. He is a former Republican congressman from Michigan, also former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and also former U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands. Congressman Huckstra, great to have you here. Always good to be with you. Thank you, Rita. What should be the top of the Republicans' agenda? Well, I think they really need to take a look at what's at the top of the agenda for the American people. I think right now Americans have a great degree of uncertainty about what the economy is going to bring to them in 2023. They're concerned about inflation. Obviously, a lot of them are concerned about what's happening to their retirement accounts. So I think the economy has to be number one. The second thing that I think they're really concerned about is what's happening on the border. Okay. I mean, you know, you see these images of thousands of people crossing the border on a daily basis with no documentation coming across the border, you know, with kids coming across the border with fentanyl doing a tremendous amount of damage to people around the country. And I don't think Americans quite understand what's going on and how a government like ours governed by the rule of law, can allow this to continue on the southern border. And then we get into the investigations. But if you're going to be investigating, you need to investigate things that the American people care about. Don't go you know, running and chasing down rabbit holes that they don't care about, and don't let it detract you from things that they're concerned about in their everyday lives. You know, you mentioned the border. How far should they take this? Because many people have said, it is a complete dereliction of duty. If you look at what's happening at the border, whether it's, you know, Mayorkas or whether it's President Biden or the borders are Kamala Harris, should there even be potential maybe impeachment investigations or proceedings, at least maybe with Mayorkas? Well, you know, I learned my lessons uh, in the late 90s. You got to be much more careful with impeachment than what we've been in the past, okay? I think we maybe tried to overreach with President Bill Clinton. There's no doubt that the Democrats in the last couple of Congresses overreached in what they tried to do to President Donald Trump. But when you listen to, you know, a cabinet member saying the border is secure, we've got it under control and those types of things, you know, you might go to impeachment, but at a minimum, I think a strong case can be made to censure Mayorkas, our Homeland Security, Border Security Czar, Cabinet Secretary, for who has responsibility for that area. It is clearly a dereliction of duty, and there's no way that you can actually cover that up. Are you astounded 
that the border has been so wide open. As someone who's been in Congress and in political life, as long as you have been, and I think about it, I've covered many presidents through the years, I've never seen a situation where it has been so wide open. And anybody who tries to block it, like Arizona Governor Ducey just recently, he put up these shipping containers in Arizona. Well, the Biden administration fought him, and now he has to take down the shipping containers, which were sort of a makeshift wall in Arizona. So it's like anybody who tries to take security into their own hands gets scolded. And yet, efforts to keep the border even more wide open continue by the administration. It's really astounding to see. It is. There's no way to explain it or to understand it. You know, I traveled overseas this year. I traveled to the Netherlands. And to get back into the country, to be able to board a plane from Amsterdam back to Michigan, I had to have a negative COVID test. I had to find someone who would administer a COVID test 24 hours before I was scheduled to board a plane, print out the results, enter into the database with the airline that I was flying, then I could come into the country. Or I could have just flown to Mexico City and taken, you know, taken a car up to the border and walked across the border with all kinds of contraband and no medical history at all. It's shocking and I don't you know, I can't really find anybody who can explain or understand why the Biden administration is allowing it to occur. Why do you think the Biden administration is allowing this to occur? You know, I can't. Okay, I got to believe it's a political loser that there aren't many people who are out there who are advocating for open borders, who are, you know, again, not only are people coming across the border illegally, but so are drugs and so are terrorists. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand it. And I think the Biden administration is one or two events away from this really becoming catastrophic where, you know, people there is a terrorist attack in the United States. Hundreds of people die, and we go back and we trace the perpetrators back to coming across the border illegally. The Biden administration, they're taking huge risks with allowing this policy to continue. So why do you think they're doing it? I mean, there are people who've come on and said, well, they believe it's, you know, they want to have more folks in the country, give them amnesty, hoping they're going to vote Democratic. What do you think is the intention? Because as you point out so eloquently, it seems almost inconceivable. Yeah, I mean... Rita, I don't know. Clearly, they are changing the face of America. We're not talking a few hundred thousand people. What this year, it could be somewhere between in the neighborhood of five to seven million people who come into the country. Some of them are detected. Some of them, you know, we don't detect them coming into the country. Think about it. Over a period of four years of one administration, that number could be 20 Over a period of eight years, that number could be upwards of 40 million people. That's more than 10 percent of the American population would have come into the country illegally. Predicting how they're going to vote and those types of things or what the repercussions will be across the country, I think is a very, very difficult game. If they're trying to change the country and make it more favorable to their point of view, the democratic socialist point of view, I think they're playing, again, I think they're playing with fire because, number one, these folks are not going to be citizens and hopefully we'll have a electoral process that has integrity that will not provide them with the right to vote. But the ramifications among those who are in the United States who are citizens, you know, potentially could be devastating to the people that allow them to come out and allow them to come into the country. Rita, it makes absolutely no sense to me economically, politically, 
societally, humanitarianly. Think about it. We've got right now we've got thousands of people who are freezing on the border because on you know, they're on the southern side of the border. They're in Mexico. They've got they're living in, you know, tent cities. They come across the border. They're probably going to get treated better than what they are in Mexico, but it's still not going to be great. Yeah, no question. No question. So, it's, And you hear these horrible stories of what happens with the cartels that are bringing them over to these individuals. It's just horrific. And it's not, as you said, humane on so many levels. And yet the process continues. They don't seem to be wanting to focus on it. The president doesn't even seem to want to go to the border, Congressman. I mean, isn't that amazing to you that he is still yet to go to the border physically? He or the vice president should have gone to the border in the first three or four months of the new administration, because if they go now, you know, just the visuals are going to be awful. I can't imagine that they're going to find a place on the border where they can go and say, wow, look at, hey, we're making progress. This really is under control. And those they're not going to find it. And they're going to be talking to local leaders who are absolutely furious with what the administration is allowing to happen to their communities, you know, to their states. You know, it's a mess all the way around. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to fix it when, you know, the folks in Texas or Arizona want to put up their, you know, their own makeshift because these are the people that are living with it every day. They're living with the consequences and they're trying to fix it. And then the federal government takes them to court and wants them to remove the barbed wire or the razor wire or the containers that Governor Ducey has put in place in Arizona. Again, I find it incomprehensible what they are doing. But at the same time, you know, they want a Senate seat. They want a governor's race in Arizona that you can't explain why the people of Arizona went that way with what was going on in the southern border. Yeah, it was amazing to see, and in some of the other areas, too, as well. So you're right. People are, you know, maybe they don't understand what's going to happen, especially when Title 42 is potentially lifted, you know, any day now. One of the other things, too, and you brought up COVID, too, and you brought up the testing and things that happened. And what about the issue of looking into COVID origins? There are so many questions still about where it came from. And it seems like every time our president, President Biden's on the phone, he doesn't even ask Xi Jinping about coronavirus, doesn't talk about anything tied to the COVID origins. And we just saw reports recently, by the way, that China is actually stopping to report their big surge of COVID cases. They're now having a whole bunch of more COVID cases just recently, again, sort of a massive resurgence. We saw the crackdowns, you know, all the headlines and all the video from the crackdowns. But now the government has essentially said they're not going to report the new cases to the world. So they're not sort of cooperating again, if you will. Should there be a investigation of the COVID origins so we make sure this never happens again? Well, you know, we're starting to see some of the same stuff here. I think the Biden administration is now saying that they will not release the number of people that are entering into the country illegally every month. But let's go to China. China, this is not about doing an investigation. This is about it's time to hold China accountable. We virus came from China. I firmly believe that There's an overwhelming amount of evidence that says it escaped from the Wuhan lab. We don't know whether it was an intentional or unintentional, but the bottom line is nobody disputes that it came from Wuhan. 
And the Chinese government has never been open with us about what was going on, what they knew about the virus, and why, as the outbreak was occurring in China in January of 2020, they stopped travel inside of the country, but at the same time, they allowed Chinese folks to travel internationally and to spread the virus when they knew it was a deadly, contagious virus they didn't put in the measures to protect the rest of the world. They worked with the WHO to control the flow of information. And then we get into our own, it pains me to say this, but I think, you know, Dr. Fauci, our CDC, NIH, they misled the American people so many times. So, yes, we need to hold our own officials accountable, and we have to hold the Chinese government accountable for what has happened in America and the rest of the world. We now have more than 1 million dead Americans because of what has happened with COVID. And we have a regime in China, the Chinese Communist Party, that has never been open and forthright with the United States or the rest of the world about what they knew and when they knew it. Sure, there needs to be an investigation, but at the end of this, Congress and Republicans are going to have to put forward a plan to hold the Chinese Communist Party and our own government officials accountable for the decisions that they made in the last two and a half, three years, especially the ones that they made during the first six months of the outbreak. You know, it's amazing, too, because we've been seeing some details trickle out, of course, courtesy of Elon Musk and all of the, you know, Twitter suppression that was happening prior to him. That could also be a treasure trove of information, right? The biggest treasure trove might be, are these things in any way linked? You know, the intelligence community had got COVID all wrong, but the intelligence community was involved in the COVID suppression of information. The intelligence community was involved in the suppression of information regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. The intelligence community, think about this. Our intelligence community, which is designed to spy on our enemies overseas. They have no authorization at all to function and work against American citizens. They're meeting weekly with Twitter. Who else were they meeting with? Were they meeting with Facebook? Were they meeting with YouTube? Were they meeting with the New York Times? Were they meeting with the Washington Post? Who else were they meeting with to try to suppress information on a whole range of these issues? It's illegal, and it you know, it really talks about a total lack of our, or, you know, they're trying to control our speech here in America. I hope that they dig deep into what the intelligence community is doing, because it's very, very troubling, and it's illegal, and totally inappropriate, and people are losing faith in the FBI, but more importantly, they're losing respect for our intelligence community. Yeah, and that is really saddening, you know, because there's so many great men and women in it. But when you see sort of this reinforces what many people suspected, and it's just, it's sad, and it's important that we care about our law enforcement communities, as you talk about, too, and you, I know, so deeply also respect, too, as well. No, absolutely. And, you know, hey, I've got crazy ideas every once in a while. Let me try and sell them, but don't censor me, okay? Because every once in a while, I might be right. And we ought to be able to have that debate in the public square. And what we're seeing from, you know, 
all of these federal government agencies is they're trying to suppress our free speech and control our thoughts. And before I let you go, Congressman, I want to ask you about January 6th. You know, there have been some new reports that there were basically major security failures tied to it, referring to some messages, some texts and emails that the House GOP says they have, which were sent to Pelosi's office prior to January 6th, and that she turned down, you know, or her office or chief of staff and head of her security turned down basically security requests saying that they didn't like the optics of it. This was prior to January 6th. And some people are saying, well, maybe January 6th would have been different if there were a whole bunch of security standing around, you know, the Capitol. It would have, you know, shown a greater show of force and maybe people wouldn't have been able to enter or even thought about entering. How much do you think we need to at least look into that? Because she was never called, of course, during the very partisan January 6th committee. You know, it's interesting, Rita. I think most people have made up their minds on what happened on January 6th. You're going to change very few minds. You know, put some of the stuff that you've outlined. Those are things that, you know, we've heard about before. We maybe haven't actually seen the emails and those types of things. But dragging Nancy Pelosi in front of, you know, the House Oversight Committee and those types of things, we're covering old ground. There's enough new stuff out there right now. Don't go, you know, I don't think you need to go there in depth. Okay. We're not going to change anybody's minds, but I think, you know, it was interesting over the holidays. My kids came home and my son asked me, he's 33. And he said, dad, you know, what do you think about all this spying on us? And, you know, the FBI or the intelligence community, you know, reading my emails or reading my tweets and those kinds of things. He says, me and my friends, we're really angry about that. I'd say people have made up their minds on January 6th. There are plenty of fruitful things out there that are more frightening to the American people, and that is this government taking on Orwellian actions, Orwellian steps. Remember, and a lot of this Twitter stuff, this happened under a Republican administration. This was when Donald Trump was president. What is this deep state doing? Who in the Trump administration knew about this? How did they explain it? What were the parameters? Was anybody ever held accountable. Did Congress know? This is what I think people need to be, I think the American people might actually be interested in. It makes a great spy novel because, you know, it is the intelligence community. It's spies spying on the American people. And I think that, uh, you know, it's there. But then again, don't forget the bread and butter issues. Why is there inflation? Why did the Tennessee Valley Authority have rolling blackouts over this past weekend. How did we get there? You know, why are utility rates sky high in places like Michigan and other places? You know, these are the policies that are undermining as much of the future as what some of these other things are. Yeah, no doubt. And I think just as you said, you know, talk about the issues that affect everybody and that are absolutely close to home and the ones that everybody is talking about at the kitchen table over the holidays and that they feel. Before I let you go, I do have to ask you about Hunter Biden, because they are saying that they want to look into more importantly, if any money went to, you know, then Vice President Biden or after he was out of office, tied, of course, to, you know, Russia, China, some of these places. Do you think that that at least needs to be looked into in terms of phone records, bank records, just to be able to have some confidence as to what's there and what may not be there? 
You know, I spent 18 years in Congress. I spent three years as the ambassador to the Netherlands. I've got a good life, but I haven't become rich in those jobs. It's amazing to me. And, you know, again, my kids are saying, hey, Dad, you know, when you left Congress or when you were in Congress, you know, nobody ever called us and offered us a quarter of a million or half a million dollar jobs (laughs) on issues that we know nothing about. Dad, you really screwed up. You're not supposed to get rich in politics. The Biden family has gotten wealthy. We should have a right to understand exactly how that happened. Again, you know, where they go with it. The scary thing, Rita, is there's just a wealth of places to go. We need to take a very close and hard look at which ones pose the biggest threat to us as a country, pose the biggest threat to us as individuals and the future of our country from an economic standpoint, and then those which are, you know, would, might be viewed just as purely political. The Republican Party re- has to reestablish its trust with the American people, and we can't be seen as involved in just partisan witch hunts. We've seen enough of that over the last two years. It has to come to a stop. Do things, do it in a meaningful way, a believable way. Don't do it the way that the Democrats have done it, clearly as a partisan witch hunt. You know, think of all the things that they've done against Donald Trump over the last six, seven years. We do need to expose it, but most importantly, we need to stop it and prevent it from happening as we move into 2024. Well, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast and former Congressman and Ambassador Pete Hoekstra. So great to have you here. And also, by the way, thank you for everything that you do to keep America safe and all your very important leadership positions you have held so many through the years. And I always appreciate your perspective. So great to have you here, Pete. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you, Rita. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.